Hey guys, Coach here. Man, thanks for taking a couple of minutes. Hey, this week we discuss a landscape drainage solution that really solves flatlander issues and of course some others. Here we discuss the pros and cons of mechanical drain solutions that will put the excess runoff where you want it and remove it from where you do not. Ready? Hey, glad you're here. Here we go. Hey, I'm Matt and you can call me coach. This podcast is all about DIY landscape education, concepts, ideas, and solutions so you can tackle projects yourself, be a hell of a lot more self-reliant in this day and age, and save a boatload of money in the process. Man, I've been doing this green industry thing for 20 plus years. I bring with me a lot of knowledge and experience that I want to share with you, a modern, educated, self-reliant homeowner of today. Well, welcome. Welcome to this week's show. You know, back in 2015, Maestro and I purchased a two and a half acre olive ranch in Northern California. The property had two homes on it and we lovingly named it Weed Patch Ranch, which I referred to over several episodes here and on the YouTube channel. We called it such because there was nothing on it except a well for water, power, septic, and a half dead olive orchard. I was in seventh heaven. A blank canvas on which to spin some landscape magic was which was dancing in my head after, and I really put an exclamation point after that, after the weeds were under control. Some of them were waist high. That is a whole other story for another time, let me tell you. After moving in and living out of the proverbial boxes for a couple of weeks, we had a small storm move in. Okay, maybe slightly more than a small storm. Well, maybe more like a Central Valley of California deluge, it really was. Nothing to compare to other parts of the country or world. For us, about two and a half inches of rain is a lot at one time for where we were. Plus, being in a valley, water tends to pond or settle in low spots. And I soon found out the low spot of our neighborhood was my next door neighbor to the north. But the water really decided to show the path of least resistance by cutting through my orchard and backyard, then right under my raised foundation. And I happened to be in a brand new manufactured home at the time with a permanent raised foundation. And oh my God, I had water going underneath the house, literally. It was literally at one point, it was a, a, a gosh darn creek that was coming across uh, the neighbor's orchard, across my driveway near the shop and literally going right underneath the house and across to the neighbor's yard where it started to pond up to the depth of about six inches, eight inches or so. And then it would overflow and then keep on running down towards county roads. At one point in time, one tends to pause and reflect on things like real estate disclosures that might have been nice about that time. Yeah. I also thought a little uh, term called legal litigation at that point. At least those were some of the thoughts that were going through my mind. And holding one's profanity to a moderate level and volume. Yeah, I was a little ticked. 
You know, having some expertise in such drainage issues, I donned my rubber boots and I headed out. I flagged, I really did. I, I took my landscape sprinkler flags and I literally, I flagged the obvious creek line and took photos and notes as far as direction, the course of the flow, any other issues that I saw, and I formed a game plan. Obviously, I couldn't do anything right at that moment, but I had a game plan within about an hour. You know, Weed Patch Ranch had a total of about three and a half feet of fall over the entire length of the property, which was about, it was a giant long shoe box, 667 feet in length and about 160 feet in width. At the house site, I had zero, let me repeat that, zero fall in slope or anything else. One neighbor actually chuckled after the small flood and said to me, you mean they didn't tell you that it doesn't flood? <laughs> yeah, haha, uh -huh. joke's on me. As soon as the soil dried out some, I got to work. Here's a short list that I formed as far as my top priorities addressing this issue. Number one was gutters on my house, the new house. It didn't have gutters on it. So we ran out and got gutters on it right away, which really helps in the control of water from the dwelling for obvious reasons. We regraded the backyard with some extra soil that had been left behind by the previous owner, and we established some slope and grade in a right quick hurry. I installed a French drain system along the entire back and north side of the house, and then I connected all downspouts to this French drain system. And then at the terminal end was an installation of a mechanical sump and basin, which is gonna be the focus of today's broadcast, mechanical drainage. It took me about four days with Kanga, my little skid steer, it had a trencher attachment on it. I had a four inch perforated drain line, a three inch solid drain line connecting into it, and those solid ones came off of the downspouts. Then I had a, a black poly sump basin, which I got at a, a box store. I put in some electrical and you know, three quarter inch gravel, some geotextile sediment sock, and some landscape fabric, and my aching back. But it was in. It was in after about four days. Due to schedule, the gutters went on last, even though I wish it had been first, but I didn't have any more rain during this, this period of time, so it was cool. You know, and the gutter guys got there. I had my, my solid corrugated sweeps coming up where I wanted the, the downspouts at, and it went in perfectly. Those guys were in and out in like, I don't know, three hours. In the French drain trench itself, I was able to achieve about a 2% grade pitch which means I started the French drain system at its origin about six inches deep, and then over the total length of that trench, it ended up being about 13 to 14 inches deep, leading into the basin itself. At the basin, I installed a two horsepower little giant sump pump with a two inch PVC discharge line that I ran about 145 feet, and then I daylighted it and then did a kind of a, a green drain dry creek bed thing out at the front part of the property. And eventually that, whatever was left over, ran out down a little waterfall and to the county culvert. This was the first sump drain system that I installed at this property. I installed a similar one on the south side of the property and captured all the water flow from the slight neighborhood rise that came down our neighborhood, across the neighbor's orchard, and then 
down towards my shop. So I put in two and then the second one, the second one basically stemmed all outside water from coming onto the property and causing any problems. And then my original sump was mainly for the, the drainage and slope of my house and my backyard and the drain systems in the front yard took care of it. And it took care of it pretty darn nice. It really worked well. All this effort literally stopped all the water problems in and around the property, pretty much permanently. The, the gravel driveway out front occasionally had a little ponding during a heavy rain, but nothing that didn't disappear in an hour or so. So it was, it worked out pretty darn good. So all of this storytelling leads to another option for drainage solutions. Like I said, mechanical, not just gravity, but mechanical drainage solutions. If you are in a flat area and you cannot achieve any degree of slope or worse yet, you are in a low spot and you cannot discharge water correctly, or legally without damaging a neighbor's property or dumping it into a protected environmental creek or something, you know, this just might work for you. This might be a great drainage solution for you. Mechanical sumping pumps have been around for a very, very long time. Mainly they were uh, invented years ago for water accumulation in basements, which many of you are probably very familiar with and probably have one, which usually discharged water out of a flooding or seeping basement from the basin itself and right outside where it dumped at the foundation and did what? Seeped back in again, causing a horrible loop of chasing water over and over again. Yeah, if you have that basement thing, make sure that your discharge pipe goes out a long ways after, and you got a check valve on it so water doesn't come back in. Landscape drainage sumps are a great way, if installed correctly, to alleviate problematic landscapes that suffer from poor slope or the need to evacuate water uphill to the street, uphill up a driveway. Maybe you have a, a sloped driveway or a, a homestead that is down below your road area and there's nowhere for anything to go. So you gotta put it up to the street, put it up to the culvert, whatever you gotta do. This is a great way. Here's some key components for a sump system and you can take notes or watch the YouTube channel later today and you'll see pictures of those things. Number one, a key location. These are like components, but number one beyond all is the location for the catch basin that accommodates multiple drain lines that could lead to it. If you have a uh, driveway that is a downward slope and you got water that runs down the driveway and always wants to try to get in the get in the garage or any similar situation like that, then your sump is going to be down in this area. And then your discharge is gonna go up along the side of the driveway if you can do it. Or maybe you just might have to cut a line in the driveway and, and then re-pour and refinish it. Done a few of those in my time. Hey, number two is a good, good, reliable, quality electric sump pump. Now, I'm not sponsored by any of these companies. It's just ones that I have used, okay? Little Giant is my number one choice, only because I've used them more than any any other. A Zern brand is also a very good choice, and I have used box store ones, but I'm not gonna recommend them. The, the one that I think, if, you, if you're in a pinch as far as dollars, then go with the Rigid brand that you can find at uh, Home Depot. I would stay away from the Everbuilt. I'm just, I'm not convinced that they're a very good pump. Sorry, Everbuilt, don't know what to tell you. I've replaced more than I've installed. Uh, number three, electrical. Electrical component that is placed near 
and to code near your sump basin. Put it on a post, put it up at probably a minimum of 12 inches off the ground and within, you know, a 10 foot thing where your, your sump pump cord can actually make it to the electrical. Probably has to be GFI or at least GFI on the circuit somewhere, but yeah, a good electrical placement. And if you can, you can even, if you can put a little roof over your four x four post or however you do it, so much the better. And then make up sure you got a bubble cover on that electrical. Uh, number four, depending on your particular situation, properly sloped trenches with either solid drain lines from downspouts on your dwelling or catch basins that you have put out in problem areas, you know, like I did. I did put some catch basins out there, especially near the pond area. Capturing all problem water and diverting it to the basins. And then obviously the French drain systems, if you're trying to control water that is coming down a hillside towards your backyard or whatever you have, and then you capture it and run it to the sump basin laterally across your yard so it doesn't keep intruding towards patios and, and back doors and those kinds of things. Number five, properly sized discharge PVC lines. Or if you don't have the ability to bury PVC lines in the ground because you're concrete bound or whatever, you can go get the, the large three inch or four inch uh, agricultural discharge hoses and have a hose clamp and you can put it onto uh, one end of a PVC and then put it into your, your stub coming up out of the basin, whichever works for you. But then that discharge line can be rolled out uh, during wet seasons or have it out there as much as you need and then you can roll it back up and store it away if you have a long dry spell. Out west we used them several times because we never really counted on water any time after May and it didn't really return except freakish storms that might come around in the summertime but very seldom. We put it back out like in October. I also suggest uh, a flapper check valve, not a spring-loaded one, but a flapper. And you'll know what I mean if you go shopping for them. And union joints, if you care to. Union joints are an easy way where you disconnect the, the discharge line and wash off and service or if you have to replace the actual pump itself. Check those things out. On the YouTube channel, I show you these in living color if you'd like to go check it out. But that backflow prevention, that's a big deal. You don't want to have the pump working you know, 15 times harder pumping something uphill or a distance only to have most of the water siphon itself right back. You're not going to do anything. So a check valve is right up there on a top priority. I have installed probably, I don't know, 15 to 20 sump systems in the area I practiced. They weren't always called for, but when I did them, it was very obvious that it was needed. They really, really serve to control and eliminate problem flooding and ponding issues for clients. And most of these things were just your standard residential backyard that they had just developed problems. They basically paved over with concrete and all the water was downspouting off into smaller soiled areas now and they would flood every single winter. So that's what I was solving for them. I will tell you some of the yards, and it's not really that big a deal, some yards may require you cutting across a, a three foot or a four foot walkway concrete, which is not a big deal. You can do it with a, a gas powered or a walk behind concrete saw and then dig out what you need and then put a couple of two by fours and some stakes on each side and report it and finish it. It's, it's not a very hard thing to do. Now, if you got to go across driveways and stuff like that, it's just a little more time, but it's basically the same thing. Cut two lines, 
take a sledgehammer, crack them, and get them out of there. So let me tell you, the roll out, roll up discharge lines that I mentioned earlier require a hose clamp, which is not that big a deal. You, you know, just go get yourself a, a four inch hose clamp, which you can tighten down with a power drill or a, even a screwdriver. And then it discharges out to the street and then roll it up. It really keeps things looking clean. If you have to, if you live in a part of the country or world where you get regular rain all the time, then I would suggest on a dry day every once in a while to disconnect it and flush it out with a hose. Just shove the hose all the way down in there and clean the length of it out. Clean the length of it out of bugs, debris, whatever you might have. Okay, here's some, uh, I was thinking about this and I thought it might be helpful for you, is here's some considerations that need to be known beforehand, before you start a project. And I, I say this only because I don't want anybody to get in trouble because of yard coach or anything else. But number one, check with your city or county codes and make sure you can discharge to the street. You can discharge to a creek bed or whatever. Make sure that you're within the, the legal factions that aren't going to bring the wrath of Big Brother down upon you. If you can discharge to the street, some cities and counties will allow you to tunnel under the public sidewalk out front and then core drill a hole in the, the street curbing and you can run a pipe right to the very edge and you're not having to dump all your water across a public sidewalk and letting it make its way out to the street. The other thing is, number three, is know your skill level and confidence thresholds. Learn first, learn and educate yourself first then proceed. This is not a project that you want to willy-nilly it. It's really not. This is something that you want to have done uh, one time with confidence so you don't end up with standing wide open trenches and you scratching your head going, what the hell do I do now? Hey, if you'd like to have some really hands-on type of installations of this kind, check out a couple other guys on YouTube. One is a French drain man and the other one is apple drains on YouTube for some actual job videos. Me being retired, I don't have have that capability anymore. But these guys are still doing the job out there and they do a right darn nice job. Most of them, I think uh, French Drain Man is up in the, the northern Midwest and I think Apple Drain Guy is down in Florida. So they do good work and I wouldn't recommend them if I didn't think they did. Uh, the key to having a successful sump system will depend on a couple of things. Number one, and you know me, have a plan. Know what you're going to do. Have a plan and then work your plan. Have a pre-done materials list before you go shopping. Not when you get there, because then you're gonna do the old box store loop. Oh, I forgot this, oh, I forgot that. And you gotta stop and go back and get, and go back and get, and go back and get. So make sure that you have the parts ready to go on site. Determining placement of that basin and get a good quality basin, most of the ones, even even the black poly ones at the box stores, I mean, those things have worked fine for me. And then electrical, trenches, slope of the trenches. Those are, those are big deals. Remember I talked to you about the quality pump, but also have the proper electrical system going to it like a 20 amp system, not a 15 amp system, because some of those pumps, they can draw some amperage and I don't want to start popping breakers for yourself. So get a, get a 20 amp. It would be nice if you had it dedicated, it really would. You don't want to just pull it out of the bedroom somewhere and you're using that, but in the bedroom you have nine bazillion things you do all the time in there with hair dryers or, or whatever, and right in the middle of the storm you need all 20 amps to, to service that pump. You definitely want to have a dedicated line if you can. Properly sized drain line to meet the needs that you face. If you get downpours, 
big downpours. I would suggest always going a size larger of pipe than you think you might need. For the average people out in the West, we use three inch corrugated. We never really had absolute horror story rainstorms, but I had put in a few times up in the foothills some four inch and it handled it just fine. And they do make it larger, but it all depends on how much you're gathering from wherever and where you're focusing into your basin and then the size of the pump for evacuation. You know, if you start getting up around uh, six inch corrugated, you're gonna wanna have a discharge line that's at least four, in four inch discharge line and a pump that will match it. So go accordingly. Another thing is start and complete this system installation before the need arises. You know, I was caught with my my pants down around my ankles, seriously, because I didn't know what I didn't know at the time. But if you know where the problem areas are, you know the time of year when this all starts and you have a one week window of opportunity where things have dried out and you don't have a, a mud bowl, then that's the time that you jump on it and get her done. Another thing is these systems are, they're meant for average to above average water control, not a hundred year flood, not let me repeat, it's not for that 100-year flood. Take, for instance, the devastated, devastated town of Waverly, Tennessee in the United States this uh, past summer. 17, ladies and gentlemen, 17 inches of rain in less than 24 hours. No sump pump is controlling that amount of water. Maestro and I were horrified, absolutely jaw-droppingly horrified to see the damage that this much water could do to a small town. We drove through it just a week ago, week and a half ago. There would be nothing. You could have a diesel, three diesel powered with 12 inch discharges and it would not have controlled that amount of water. You're talking a small creek that you could normally jump across and all of a sudden you have a surge of water that expanded out for like 200 to 300 yards. It's just way, way too much that any sump would take care of. You know, uh, the basins are usually made from a, an ABS plastic, but you can find them in a stronger uh, cement type. They're just a hell of a lot heavier to place and they're not quite as flexible or easy to do for a DIYer, but they do make them. And you can make your own cement sump pumps. One of the first ones I did was a cement one with a, a cement bottom, and then I formed up with plywood uh, against the, the dirt area and poured on the outside of that, and then put the sump down in it and had three lines coming in and my discharge pipe going out. Worked, it worked pretty darn well. Make sure you let it dry really thoroughly before you expose it to a lot of water filling. You know, the pumps are usually electric, those little giant and the, the Zern brand. There's a couple other brands too. But in some cases, you can use small gas operated ones. They work really well. The little Honda and other brands that are out there, they, they do a heck of a job. But then again, you gotta fuel them too. PVC line, you can use Schedule 40 or class 200. There's not a lot of pressures on them. It works fine for a discharge line if you just use the 200. But most of the time I use uh, schedule 40 from the pump just outside the basin and then class 200 to the discharge line for both the sumps that I did at Weed Patch. You can get your actual drain lines in PVC or you can do corrugated flexible 
poly drain line, either in solid or perforated, depending on whether you're just doing uh, water disbursement or if you're doing water capture through a French drain system. Don't forget the sediment sock. I strongly urge you to do that if you're doing French drain systems. And in addition to that, landscape fabric. Strongly suggested, but not always necessary. Make sure you do, if you're doing a French drain system, make sure you do the burrito wrap technique for French drain systems to eliminate or drastically mitigate any sediment intrusion to the perforated drain line. It works like this. A, landscape fabric lines in the trench. Okay, landscape fabric lines the trench. B, sediment sock covers the perforated drain line. C, lay the covered drain line into the trench on top of that landscape fabric, backfill with gravel until close to the surface area, depending on how far and what your application is gonna be on the surface, and then wrap the remaining landscape fabric edges over the top of the trench, and there you go. We often call it in the business, the drain line burrito. Hey, lastly, guys, remember the purpose behind these systems. French drains are for control of surface and subsurface water. Solid drain lines are for downspout and catch basin water collection. At Weed Patch Ranch, I did a hybrid system where the downspout and catch basin lines were solid and ran to the main perforated French drain system and finished with a 10 foot of solid before the sump basin. That way nothing leaked out at the end. Make sure you have a plan B at all times. A plan B for this particular application is judging the reliability of your electrical supply grid. If your electrical goes out in the middle of a horrendous storm and it's just pouring cats and dogs and now you suddenly do not have any power, if you don't have a very reliable electrical grid, then you gotta go to plan B. That night when the heavens open up and the power dies, you have all this water heading to the basin or basins, whatever you have. And after that, without power, those basins, all they can do is flood. That's the last thing you need. So always have a backup plan just in case. What I generally suggest is have a generator. Have a generator capability where you can plug it in probably a, a good reliable 3500 at least 3500 watt generator and some good 10 gauge electrical cords that can run to it and then just you'll have to fuel it during the the heaviness of the storm and then cover that generator hey you know something i'm uh, if you're still with me at this point i do i cover this topic in greater detail in the ebook and digital course, consider supporting us just a little bit here at Yard Coach by checking out the website, youryardcoach.com. There we've got the ebook, really reasonably priced at a whopping $20, and then uh, the digital course, which has been reduced and is really, really, I mean, you wanna have a crash course in everything landscaping? There you go. And then of course we have the 15 step DIY checklist for you too. Hey, that is all I have for this particular week. I hope you check out the YouTube channel this week where I cover this in a little more visual style. And as always from me to you, always to your landscape success out there. Got any questions, feel free to email me. Guys, you take care. See you next week. Thank you for listening to the Yard Coach Podcast. Don't forget to head over to the website at youryardcoach.com where you will find more DIY landscape education, including the free 15-step DIY landscape checklist, 
Coach Matt's ebook called Landscaping Simplified and the flagship digital course, Homescape 1.0. As always, if you have any questions or comments, you can email Coach Matt directly at youryardcoach at gmail.com. We'll see you right here next week.